I know how my, if I'm trying to cheat and I know what my district looks like days before election day, because I've counted early votes, then I, I have the information. I have the criminal intelligence that I need to perpetuate fraud. If you started counting the votes on election day, however, the early votes that you have physical custody of, you should be able to count those votes at breakneck speed. You should be able to count those votes and get those vote tallies in faster than ever before in the history of our elections. How do I know? Because that's how we've always done it for elections. Get ready for the uncloseted conservative hour you've been waiting for. No censors, no fake news, just facts and the freedom to speak them. Friends, if you are still in the conservative closet, I've got one question for you. Why? We've sat in silence. We've been on the sidelines for years. How has it been working out? That's why it's an uncloseted conservative revolution right here, right now. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host and the original Uncloseted Conservative. Guys, thanks so much for being here. Uh, today's show is big on content, short on time. So we're going to jump right into it. All right. So I am sponsoring today's show myself. Show.com is the name of the website. The very best place to get all of your uncloseted conservative needs. Uh, guys, best products to get right now, uh, some products that I just threw out there. This one right here, No Amnesty for Tyrannical Leftists, my No Amnesty shirt, of course. Uh, you heard, if you listen to the show, then you've definitely heard that the left is basically asking for amnesty. Hey, just forget about you know ruining your business, uh, ruining your child's education and outlook probably for the rest of their lives, uh, social, uh, emotional development. Just forget about all that stuff. Hey, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know uh, about COVID. Just wipe the slate clean. Um, if you say no to amnesty, then, you know, Say the quiet part out loud. Just wear it on your chest. TheJoeMobileShow.com, best place to get that shirt. And your favorite piece of merchandise is now available. Uh, very best-selling shirt that you guys love is now available as a mug just in time for the holidays. I know that it's difficult to buy shirts for other people because you need to ask their size and then they kind of know you're probably getting whatever. You know, you ask a ring size, you're getting a ring. You ask a necklace size, you're getting a necklace. Uh, this is an awesome way to uh, spread the love and get... Uh, your friends and family, a gift that they'll really appreciate this holiday season. My Joe Biden one star would not recommend design. You guys love it. Now it's available on a mug, only available on the show.com my website. Guys, people are going nuts. People are going nuts in, in chat groups, uh, everyone's phone. If you're like me, you're a member of at least a small handful of uh, chat groups or um, private DM groups on social media. All of those groups are going absolutely insane right now. Totally crazy. Uh, people asking questions, people saying, um, you know, 
this is it for the country uh, because of the election, which of course is still ongoing. Uh, so I know what you want to hear. You know, I'll give you my take uh, today on all things elections, um, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, if, if you disagree with me, hey, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Best way to get your thoughts to me is send an email to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. I read all those emails. I'm in that email box all day, every day, uh, with few exceptions. Um, <laughs> before we get into that, let's let's just go through some of the stories. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that my outlook is super bright and happy, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, really interesting article in the Gateway Pundit today: Blood Moon Blood Bath uh, by Jim Hoft, who says Democrats steal midterms, communism comes home to America, crime, inflation record gas prices, war, open borders, and corruption win big. Uh, So that dropped uh, late last night, early this morning. You know, Jim Hoff isn't wrong. And yeah, I'll I'll just read a really, really short read. We're talking, this is probably a minute and a half, two minute read. Um, but I highly recommend if if I don't read the whole thing here that you guys uh, go and read this. This is a normal time. At a normal time in a normal country, voters would reject record gas prices. Of course, talking about record high uh, gas prices, record inflation, record crime rates, war and corruption. Um, you know, Jim's not wrong here. These are all of the things, especially you liberals out there, these are the things that you blasted for decades, for my whole entire life. Uh, You blasted, you know, conservatives and Republicans as warmongers. Uh, You blasted us as expansionists, saying that we wanted to expand the American empire, if if that's a thing, Um, you know, is. My history book shows and my lived experience shows that we are the only we are the only country to have achieved what we've achieved who hasn't gone on this expansionist empire conquest, uh, you know, colonizing whatever you want to call it. We we got the dirt that we got from coast to coast, border to border here, uh, and and this is pretty much it. We project power and influence into the world, but we don't really go and play in other people's sandbox for the purpose of taking it over and owning it. That's really not our style. That's something that the crown has done for a very, very long time. And the queen and uh, certainly the king now um, will probably be appearing on on the money of various countries all throughout the UK, Canada, Australia, and on and on it goes. The United States has never done that. Now... Republicans are kind of the hey, let's get our house in order. Let's get things right on the home front. Let's let's. Uh, <laughs> they're not calling for balancing the budget because of you know uh, corruption uh, as deep as it goes on both sides of the aisle there. Uh, but we're calling for things like bringing troops home. Donald Trump, record peace deals, unprecedented peace deals in the Middle East. You know we've talked about that on this program before. Uh, no credit for that. He went on the. As a world leader, he was the very first to go on an international tour specifically targeting Middle Eastern countries 
uh, and countries like the Ukraine where homosexuality is still outlawed. He's the only one that went over advocating for the rights of LGBTQ, LMNOP, whatever, uh, couples, persons, and saying, hey, it's we're really in a day and age where you can't persecute, prosecute, uh, and, and, and punish uh, people who, who have these diverse, who have these strange sexual proclivities. Uh, only person to do it. But now... The left, you you guys are pushing things that you've never stood for. Gas prices out of control, inflation out of control. When you talk about war and corruption, war, what's going on in the Ukraine, which is obviously um, promoted and perpetuated by the left, and and dollar amount. I, I don't even look at the dollar amounts anymore because it's just too much money. It's too we're sending way too much money. And then when Biden's talking about taking money away from veterans administration, from the VA, and from programs that benefit people who've sacrificed a lot for this country where we live, to send it over to Ukraine to be distributed among his buddies that you know, the Biden crime family's got all these kickback deals with, which is not conjecture. These things are fact. Joe Biden has bragged about getting prosecutors removed from cases and fired in this country. This is what the modern Democrat Party stands for, crime rates. Oh my gosh. I just, did I close that? Um, did I close that document? I sure did. I was just reading the other day in uh, something that you guys really ought to look like look at project 21 black leadership network you guys know that i'm a uh a member there i actually have a digital copy of this so let me pull it up you guys know that i'm a member uh the national center for public policy research there in dc um, their Project 21 Black Leadership Network has released, uh, you know, just about a week ago, a blueprint for a better deal for Black America, which is uh, an awesome, 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 awesome uh, bit of research that you guys need to check out. But when we when we look at this, we're focusing on eight key areas. We're not going to get into that because I just want to show you the crime rates. I think it's on page two. Let me see here. All right, so. Particular, can I zoom in on this? I can. Man, I'm crushing it today with the screen. I say that and then I'll back out and and uh, you all have to wait for me to get in because I'll hit the wrong button on the mouse and go out. Uh, but crime, crime is soaring in this country, um, especially since the Biden administration took over in the White House. Like there's no denying it. Crime, we're seeing crime at levels that we've never seen. And what you might not know and what you certainly haven't heard uh, in the mainstream media's narrative, is crime has been trending down my whole life. I'm in my mid-30s. Crime has gone tremendously down in the United States to include in, in these big cities and in urban uh, uh, centers and, and minority environments and communities. Um, you know, we, we look at New York City. New York City's crime went way down. And actually, I'll, I'll pull up a stat on that in just a second after we read this. But here, now, post-2020, after COVID, after the summer of love, forced lockdown, shutting down your businesses, shuttering schools, bringing students home, uh, making students wear masks on Zoom meetings because that was supposed to protect you from getting infected uh, with COVID through the internet, 
through fiber optic cables or whatever. After all of this stuff, uh, George Floyd uh, burning down Antifa BLM, burning down cities, murdering uh, black and brown people all throughout the United States. After all of this, you would expect for things to come down. Absolutely not. Okay, more, at least 2,000 more Americans were killed in 2020 than in 2019. 2019, most of them, of course, black. We're seeing staggering increases in crime in all of these cities. 95% increase in Milwaukee, 78% increase in Louisville, Kentucky, 74% in Seattle, 72% in Minneapolis, 62% in New Orleans, and 58% increase in crime in Atlanta. Guys, these... These numbers are not acceptable at all. When you look at crime in New York City, I told you I'd, I'd pull up a uh, a tidbit on that. Here we go, right here. Guys, when we look at crime in New York City, New York City's homicide rate in 1990, 2,605 people uh, were, were murdered, were killed via homicide, uh, human killing human. Uh, in 2018, because you don't know this, because the, the media was telling you a completely different narrative uh, for the last 10, 15, 20 years. In 2018, the number of homicides in New York City had fallen to just 562. From 2,600 to 562, which is the lowest level in, in what, 50, 60 years, um, you know, crime homicide rates hadn't been that low in New York City since the 1960s, okay? Uh, so basically, since the time of Jim Crow, that, that was the reality, largely due to the efforts of Mayor Giuliani, who, you know, we've, we've talked about him on this program before, we will again. Um, but good night, guys. We apparently, we're for that. Uh, let's see if I can zoom in here on that. Oh, that's not a good. That's not a good look there. All right. So apparently we're we're for that. the The Democrats are now for big government. The Democrats are now uh, for you know gas prices through the roof, corruption, crime rates, roar, all of this stuff. Um, we're expected to believe you and I are expected to believe that we had another. Undoubtedly free, undoubtedly fair, you know, election. Just our, our elections freaking rock. Our, our elections are the best elections that the world's ever seen. That's what we're expected to believe right now. So they're, they're saying it's for a couple of different, they're, they're saying a couple of different things have resulted in this, uh, this election. And here, let me pull up. Let me pull up the map while I talk here, uh, so you can see it. Uh, this is Reuters coverage, which which is pretty decent coverage. Um, you know, I'll I'll admit that pretty decent coverage. Um, so right now, as it stands, right now this moment, um, the GOP has flipped eleven seats. Uh, so we have two hundred and three representatives. And the Democrats have flipped four seats uh, in the House, so they have 187 seats right now. Um, so results still trickling in. You need 218 seats in the House to be the majority. Right now, uh, Republicans, we've lost one seat in the Senate. Um, and uh, 
you know, Fetterman, Fetternak, uh, who is, is another one of these people that has obvious mental deficiencies, that has an obvious medical situation going on, um, that has obviously been mentally incapacitated and uh, is now mentally deficient, very likely due to a stroke, uh, is another one of these candidates, which is becoming a new like left-wing thing, is electing people who aren't cognitively all there. Um, you know, Joe Biden with his cognitive decline and and the elder abuse that's going on uh, on Pennsylvania Ave every day is outrageous when he's not vacationing. Um, but again, you know, you guys, you Democrats out there, just proved it again. Hey, this is what you want. You you elected someone who didn't campaign again to represent you in the Senate. It being a United States senator is like serious business. It's it's. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to say. Um, it's not something to take lightly with the information. Not not just representing constituents, representing Americans, representing citizens of the United States. My child is knocking on the door, so I'll pause that. Come in. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, not going to edit it out. That's not what we do here. Um, but uh, it's a new trend in the Democrat Party to elect people that should be unelectable, that should be permanent patients. <laughs> and yeah, not not saying that they can't work, just saying that they should not be doing the important work of representing American citizens uh, in Washington, D.C., and representing our interests and being handling and interacting with sensitive information uh, on these committees, which handle foreign affairs, trade, uh, which handle emergency management, crisis management, communications, how are we going to get this out to the people, which they did a terrible job of. Uh, and honestly, you guys know one of my gripes about uh, the Trump administration is the the handling of the COVID crisis, um, which was really, you know, the sickness was one thing. The overbearing government response was a completely other thing. And that that was the thing that needed to be managed. Um, but yeah, so right now, I, I'm just branching off into so many things. Right now, the Senate is sitting at 4848. Uh, I, I hate to be this person. I've been saying for weeks now, uh, I... I you haven't heard me preaching red wave, red wave, red wave, okay? Nothing has changed with the voting situation. Nothing's changed with the, the big tech oligarchs with the nameless, faceless leaders who run the world um, and who have tremendous influence here in the United States and abroad. Nothing has changed. You know, Elon Musk bought Twitter. Whatever. Like, big deal. Uh, some of you all have thought that this was going to be the savior of humanity, for reasons that I don't completely understand. It's it's a dead heat right now. You you look at this map. You look at this map and it it's not looking good. I predicted and I I've, I've been predicting for a while now that we were going to take the house that we were going to get about 5 to 10 seats in the house. 
um, and that the Senate was going to be a 50-50 split with virtually no change and Kamala Harris would remain uh, the tiebreaker because that's the, apparently the only thing that she is good for is breaking ties on the Senate floor. Um, and not saying that she doesn't have other skills that might involve um, her being on some type of floor, but that that's the only thing. <sighs> and I, I hate to be right about this, but I, I do not believe that you know, Charlie Kirk thinks that they're, we're going to take the Senate. It's going to be 51 seats. Um, everyone there at Turning Point. Actually, I, I've got that show pulled up here. Um, you know, Steve Bannon, I believe, uh, said last night and this morning that we're going to take uh, the Senate. I don't think that we are. Um, I, I don't think that we are. I do think here in the governor's races... Um, here looks like we lost we lost two governorships and uh the democrats of course gained uh two governorships there are six blue governorships not up for election and eight red not up for election including where i am here in london county virginia uh so glenn youngkin in the clear for this race um man the virginia was tough virginia was really tough last night. Um, Jim Miles in uh, 11 ran a great race. Um, you know, Fairfax area, it's a very tough, tough environment um, for for a straight white Christian male and especially for a Republican uh, running for office there. Um, very proud of the job that Jim did. Uh, but, you know, it's amazing to me that Yesley Vega lost her race, uh, Abigail Spanberger, um, you know, big Nancy Pelosi Spanberger, CIA spook Spanberger, uh, will continue to, uh, represent Virginia seventh, which is guys, it's truly amazing to me. And perhaps most amazing of all is that Jennifer Wexton, who doesn't campaign and who is also very likely to be suffering from some type of probably vaccine, you know, injury injury related deficits that no one can talk about or see or find because she's not campaigned either. Um it's truly amazing to me uh that she carried Virginia 10 here where I live and that Hunkow um who Hunkow ran one of the most incredible campaigns that I've seen in a long time. Um and it's truly amazing to me that Hunkow lost. Um, you know, maybe put that in air quotes, maybe not, I don't know. But that's that's just the reality right now. Uh, so right now, at this moment in time, Democrats 187 seats in the House, Republicans 203 seats in the House. You need 218 seats to control the House. I believe that we're going to have 220 uh, 225, something like that. Um, you know, uh, Colorado, big upset. Lauren Bobart is, is going home in January, uh, going home, leaving DC in January. She's, uh, not going to be representing, uh, the people of Colorado anymore. Now here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. It, it's interesting that Hunk Cow lost, but it's really telling. It's really telling that 
Lauren Bobart lost because one, uh, she's a firebrand conservative. She has nationwide name recognition at this point. Um, you know, in terms of fundraising, uh, she's someone that can draw, that can fundraise in ways that other candidates can't. Um, you know, it's very clear to me, just like the opposition needed to get rid of Donald Trump at all costs, they needed to get rid of some of these firebrand conservatives. They've gone after Matt Gates with everything that they have. They've gone after Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, with everything that they have. Um, and to her credit, you know, MTG, instead of talking about herself and how her campaign went, um, she's using all of her airtime uh, to advocate for others. And you talk about this rising tides, you know, uh, rise all, raise all ships. Um, MTG is a perfect example of that. Uh, but the fact that Lauren Bobart lost is really telling. And the media is already, the media has got the narrative, boom, ready. All of them from coast to coast, border to border, all of the media outlets, they've got the same messaging, almost as if it came from the same source. And they're saying, hey, the reason that Lauren Bobart lost is because of redistricting. And guys, look it up yourself, okay? They, Lauren Bobart crushed it in her district last election. They're blaming it on redistricting now. When they redistrict her congressional district, she did not pick up hundreds of thousands of hard D voters. They, they, that's just not true. Um, the redistricting, and she's a casualty of redistricting, the redistricting should have minimally impacted her campaign. It should have minimally impacted her race. Um, and I, I just, I just don't believe I don't believe a lot of this stuff. So um, I got to talk about this and then I'll, where, where are we at with time? Okay, got to talk about this and then we'll get into my stance on, my stance on where, what the state of voting is, what the state of the Republic is and all that. Um, Young voters, not young like me. I'm a millennial, uh, uh, so I'm still young. And by the way, I'm too young to run for president. Um, I'm I'm humbled and honored that uh, many of you asked for that. Uh, that's not going to happen. One, I'm not old. I'm literally not old enough. I couldn't run in 2024 race, and like it's laughable, guys. It, it really is. With people like I, I hope everyone's saying a bunch of different stuff. I hope that Donald Trump runs. I hope that Donald Trump is. Uh, the 45th and the 47th president of the United States. Uh, Ron DeSantis is a great guy. Um, I don't think they should be running mates. Um, I, I don't think, I think Carrie Lake is going to win her race in Arizona. Arizona is, is, Arizona is pissing me off. Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Georgia are pissing me off like you wouldn't believe. Um, but, uh, you know, last night, even before last night, let's say Monday, Sunday and Monday, uh, mainstream leftist media was already conditioning you to believe that this election season nonsense is normal. And they're saying, hey, you know, uh, we're really not going to have these vote counts until Monday or Tuesday. We're supposed to be certifying elections on Tuesday, not just finding out what the votes are um, and shrinking the, the actionable window of, of bringing any, uh, you know, substantial suits, of, of doing any significant action 
uh, for recounts, for looking into things. That stuff is supposed to happen between Wednesday, um, the day after election day today, and Tuesday of next week. Not, uh, I, I don't understand how so many of you have fallen for this. Um, but before we get into that, ah, it's, it's so hard to stay on. I, I put my track right here today so I can see it. It's so hard to stay on it. Um, Gen Z showed up in almost unbelievable ways um, for this election. And they, they showed up through mail-in voting. I don't, they're, the media is saying this is kind of, you know, Democrats have found a, a hack. Democrats have found a cheat code. Uh, which I think is kind of funny uh, because it 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 is a cheat code. The you know the truth is in the name um, with mail in voting, and apparently it's it's always been a struggle to get young people to the polls. I know that my demographic and younger millennials, Gen Z, not the most excited about voting. Eighteen to twenty four year old voters put up massive numbers, like put up points for the Democrats, plus 20 for Democrats from 18 uh, to 24-year-old voters. Um, so Gen Z, Gen Z is saying like, yeah, like we're in it to win it. Uh, apparently through mail-in balloting, mail-in voting, <sighs> is this true? Are there all of these young people? Because for years, the name of the game for leftist Democrat-funded fraud and election stealing and tampering and theft, the name of the game has been vulnerable populations, disabled voters, elderly, uh, military that are not that are serving either overseas or at a base that's not in the state, and so they're they're absentee voting. The name of the game has been exploiting these areas um, through mail-in voting, people that are in ambulatory uh, for decades. They've been doing this for years. And now, now that they've conditioned the public, now that they've conditioned the masses to accept blindly that mail-in voting is the new norm, is new reality in the United States, now that they've gotten that across the finish line, you know, they tested it out in 2020. They've been testing it out since 2000, but, you know, they, they really put it to market in big ways in 2020. Um, everyone accepted it. People that questioned it were silenced, were kicked off social media, were sued into oblivion, um, were fired, were canceled, and all that stuff. And now it's here to stay. Mail-in voting's here to stay. Election season is here to stay. Um, you know, unacceptable and ridiculous practices with early voting is here to stay. And it all just doesn't make sense, okay? They, they say on Sunday before election day, they say on Monday before election day, we're not going to know the vote counts until the weekend or until next week, until Monday or Tuesday next week, because it's going to be exceptionally hard to count the early votes, to count mail-in votes, to count in-person early voting. It doesn't make sense to say we're going to be late. We're going to be held up because of the early voting, the things that we've had readily available to us. We know where they are. We have physical custody of all of these votes. That doesn't make any sense to me. And, and sure, you know, would I be for counting the votes early? No, I would not because that, that produces intelligence. That produces hard numbers and results. 
that people could fudge a time after. You know, if I know how my, if I'm trying to cheat and I know what my district looks like days before election day because I've counted early votes, then I, I have the information, I have the criminal intelligence that I need to perpetuate fraud. If you've started counting the votes on election day, however, the early votes that you have physical custody of, you should be able to count those votes at breakneck speed. You should be able to count those votes and get those vote tallies in faster than ever before in the history of our elections. How do I know? Because that's how we've always done it for elections. They, when election day started, in the past, when election day started, there wasn't early in-person voting. There wasn't mail-in voting. There wasn't early mail-in voting. There was absentee voting for people who qualified. And there was mail-in voting for rare instances for people that are in ambulatory, handicapped in some way, and they can't get out to the polls. So you had a very small minority of people who put in early mail-in ballots, okay? Um, or who filled out a mail-in ballot and dropped it off, drove it to the polling place and dropped it off that little, that person, a live person who's an election officer standing there with the bag. You should be very, you know, the smallest minority of votes. Everyone had to go and vote in person on the day. It's how we've always done it uh, for your whole life until we got into this Dominion, Eunice, all of this bull crap. And they counted the votes that night. The polls closed at 7, 8, 9 p.m. And from 9.05 to 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock or midnight, they counted votes right there where they received them. And we've always been able to count those votes. And all of the coverage was on counting those votes because there's nothing more important going on than figuring out who is going to be representing the United States people at the highest levels of the United States government and the most powerful country in the history of the world. There's nothing more important than figuring out who is going to be the president of that country, who are going to be the senators and the, the congressmen and women. That's the only thing on every channel. Shootings can be going on somewhere else. Hey, we'll have to get back to this at like 6 a.m. tomorrow morning because the election's going on and all eyes are on it. And they've always been able to count those tens of millions of votes that, that came in physically, tens of millions of people go to a polling place, they vote, and they counted all of those votes in a matter of hours, just like they do in countries in the UK, just like they do in France. And I talked about France a lot with this election stuff because they still do in-person paper ballots. They use paper envelopes that are 100 years old. They've used the same envelopes for all of their elections and they are done election night. They're done. There's an uprising. You know, there's an uprising in Brazil right now and they're messaging us saying, wait a minute. Well, so we're, we're revolting over here. You guys don't even know the results of your election. That's bad. And the, the fact that you're sitting there right now, uh, many of you on Rumble, thanks for watching on Rumble. I really appreciate you guys coming over from, uh, from YouTube after my channel got axed. Hey, if you are here on Rumble, um, get her all these places. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, but guys, these elections aren't normal. They're not. And when you, so when, you, when we could all go and vote 
on the day and they could count that same day, it's, it's impossible that we could send our votes by mail early and they would have them all piled up and they would not be able to count those votes. They would not be able to count those votes same day. That is impossible. How can you count? How can you count? Well, let's say 80 million votes. We'll say 80 million people voted. Um, or 100. 100 is more around. We'll say 100 million people voted. And it was uh, 60 million voted Democrat, 40 million voted uh, Republican. And if they all, if all of those people went in and physically voted on the day, they could count the ballots. Even if there were no machines, if they were paper ballots and they voted on the day and the polls closed at 7, 8, 9, they were done counting at 11, 12 a.m., you know, the following morning, November 9. If that is possible, how is it not possible for those same 100 million people to all vote early by mail? send those ballots to the same locations. Those locations have those ballots. And even more amazingly, oh my gosh, even more amazingly, if you could vote in person early and the ballots are there, not even in envelopes, that they cannot count them on election night. Or when you're using machines, that are a hell of a lot more expensive. Uh, they're they're supposed to be, you know, God's gift to humanity are election machines, according to the left. They're supposed to be faster and and better, more secure, and all of that stuff. But they take days and weeks to count. That doesn't make sense. Machines count faster than people, and the process has slowed down tenfold. I can't make it make sense to you if you don't understand that our elections are effed. Our elections are an illusion and they are political theater. I, I don't want to say that you're an idiot. You're, you're likely a positive person. You're likely an optimist. Um, you're, you're likely, uh, what was it that Anne Frank wrote in her journal? Um, she wrote this in her journal about Hitler, who was exterminating her people. Um, but something like the essence of all people is good or something. Maybe you're one of those people. But the facts of history are selfishness, the desire to have things for oneself, has always been a part of the human condition. It always will be. Seeing things out in the world and wanting them for yourself is a part of the human condition. Whether it's someone else's spouse, car, home, money, family life, social status, people desire to have those things for themselves. People desire that. There are, there are people that have huge shows. There, there are people that have massive shows, massive followings. I desire that for myself. I'm doing it the hardworking way, one day at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time, growing organically and dealing with nonsense from platforms and, and all of that stuff. But guys, there have always been people who look to subvert those processes and who look to steal 
and and take things and murder and destroy things that others have built. And and the fact that you can't see it is truly disturbing. Um, it really is. You know, a uh, friend of the show, friend of mine, Michelle Swinnick, said, you know, what her desire is for elections, um, because she knows the truth about elections, as do I here in the United States. Um, her desire is for the left to just take it all and for a Democrat to win every seat in every race from town council, school board, state delegates, all the way up to president of the United States, and for the entire map to go blue um, and for no Republican to hold any office anywhere to force the issue. And, you know, after talking to her, after seeing these elections, my fear is even if the left did that, you still wouldn't wake up. You still would refuse to believe the obvious truth that's staring you in the face. Look at the races. Look at the numbers of the races right now. The number of 51, 49, uh, 52, 48 races that we have here in the United States is so great a mathematical anomaly that it is likely impossible. We don't experience landslide victories or landslide defeats in American elections anymore. With rare exception, I mean, look at this. Look at this. Everyone knows California is uh, deep blue, deep, deep, deep blue place. But isn't it interesting How how tight the race is. And th- this is like the biggest spread. The biggest spread is 59-41. Uh, guys, election machines don't make sense. Um, they're they're a, a much more expensive option. They're a much more complicated option. And they're a much slower option. As a consumer, you don't buy anything that checks any one of those boxes. You don't buy a product or service that is intentionally slower, more complicated, or more expensive. For us as a country of consumers to decide to buy the product that is all three of those things, slower, more complex, and and, uh, more expensive, makes no sense. Um, The reality is the American people never really decided to have this this incredible vote-by-mail and electronic voting scheme. Um, It's just something that happened to us. It's something that was introduced into the lexicon and just kind of became accepted. And, And now it's... It's the norm. And there are people, they're saying, hey, we got to get rid of these machines. We got to get rid of these machines. And Arizona's got an effort to get rid of machines. It's not something, 
going back to paper balance is not something that's being considered by decision makers at the highest level. And it's not something that's being considered because they don't have the same type of control, the same type of information gathering and distribution ability with a paper ballot. I am not an old fuddy-duddy. I'm a millennial. I am 33 years old. I am... I joke about this all the time, um, you know, and from my time at Accenture. Um, I am a decently technically skilled person, and I have friends and colleagues who are some of the highest skilled IT personnel, cybersecurity personnel, um, technically skilled people in the world. And all of us agree that the technological advances don't make sense here and that the paper solution makes more sense and is more secure. All right, I skipped over this. Um, you know, it it never stops. It it never stops. The the nonsense here. Um, you guys can't see it. Many of you can't see it. Rather, I don't understand. Um, anyway, I, I wanted to play this video uh, that was shared about some some goings on. Uh, in Pennsylvania, so let's take a look at it. Uh, this was this was uh, last night. Hey everybody, it's Ann Vandersteel. I've got some very important news I need to share with you out of Pennsylvania. It looks like Dominion is still up in the same old tricks. They've got problems with the machines, and here's what I've just learned. So I need to have this shared out everywhere as much as possible. We need to bring this to President Trump's attention, so perhaps I'll even mention it at the rally tonight. This is what is going down. The Dominion Sharpie gate continues. Uh, there's leaked audio and leaked video that's going to accompany this post, but here's the here's the nut of it all. Dominion, as you know, wanted you to use the Sharpies, and the reason they wanted you to use Sharpies when filling out the ballots is because those Sharpies bleed over. The problem is the precinct tabulators have their DPI settings, how, how, how much they actually um, read the actual image set very low to 300 DPI, and when they're sent off to the next station to be read, that scanner is set to 1,200 DPI. Well, the precinct DPI setting creates a lot of adjudicated ballots, meaning they can't read them properly, so they're set aside to be adjudicated um, by hand count. The other problem is that they do not read properly blue pens or pencils if people are bringing those in to the precincts to vote with those instruments instead of the Sharpie. So all those ballots are getting kicked out. Write-in candidates are illegible by 300 DPI Dominion setting machines. Those are being kicked out. So they're creating a mass pile of ballots to be adjudicated by people in a hand count format. And when they can't understand what the ballots are saying, they're either not counted or, as we've now learned, perhaps those ballots are then redirected to the candidate of their choice. So clearly there is massive fraud going on. Here's the other thing I want to remind you. Dominion Machines, remember, their headquarters are in the same building as George Soros's Open Society in Canada. The other interesting intersection with Canada is that SLI, which is part of the Election, Election Assistance Commission, the EAC's 
company of choice to actually recertify the machines that are used in our elections every year is also a Canadian company. So the intersection in Canada is really important because why? It's a crown colony and we know the crown has been trying to steal our country since day one of 1776. So folks, this is... Yeah, so I care a little bit less about that last part, but uh, guys, the reason I wanted to play that and, you know, we see that happening there in Pennsylvania um, with it creating all of these ballots that need to be adjudicated. We we see the a similar sort of thing happening in Arizona um, yesterday and last night where... You know, hey, the machines are down. The machines are having a 25% failure rate. Uh, they're, they're doing the wrong thing 25% of the time. How, how can that be the standard? The thing that's concerning to me there is this. All states, everywhere that has other than voting in person on a paper ballot, whatever that is, mail, electronic voting, whatever. They're all, for lack of a better term, I'll say uh, shall vote by this methodology and not may vote uh, by this methodology. Meaning when that tech crap doesn't work, the poll worker there, or I'm sorry, I flipped that. The poll worker may do a paper ballot may issue a paper ballot to that person. It needs to be shall issue a paper ballot. When your stupid little machine, because the law is, the letter of the law is, we have got to allow this election to happen no matter what. If China sets off an EMP in the middle of the day or or at 8 a.m. on November 8th, we are doing an all-paper election. Actually, that would be that would be interesting. They, the left would be freaking out. Oh my gosh, we need to, we need to stop election day, and we, we need to move election day until we get the lights back on. No, when that happens, it's written into the laws everywhere that you may issue paper ballot. The election needs to go on. Okay, democracy needs to go on. They don't want to allow it at all costs. They want it to be a machine-counted, a machine-handled election where if the machine says that it's incapable of reading it, where a person gets to just look at it and kind of go, yeah, I think this, I think that, and throw it in. Instead of turning people away, and they turned people away at the polls in Arizona, they said, hey, uh, go across town, go to this other polling place. Then you'd get there and they say, hey, we can't sign you in because they signed you in at the other place where the machine didn't work. You got to go back there, get them, stand in the line again, get un, get signed out, and then come back here and stand in our line again and get signed back in. And hey, maybe our machine won't work when you come back. Instead of doing all of that, they're supposed to say the common sense solution when I was an election officer, the, the obvious solution is, oh, hey, the stupid little machine's not working. No problem. Here's a paper ballot. Just fill it out. It's the same thing. You just don't put it into the machine. You just put it over here. We can count it. We can look at it and say, oh, it's this. Tally one for that guy. They don't want it to be this way. America's elections are an absolute fraud. People on the left and the right are in on it. 
the number of 51, 49 elections is mathematically impossible, guys. There's nothing, there's nothing that I can say if you're still out there just doting along, thinking that everything is fine. There's nothing I could say to fix it. Um, you know, I don't even have anything more to say. I'm hangry. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get some food. Um, guys, we're still working. Uh, Casey and I and other stakeholders and I are still working on um, trying to figure out uh, how to better serve you with the show. Um, we've, we've looked at the analytics. We've looked at the, the live show stuff. And many more people uh, are able to catch the lives in the evenings um, uh, for obvious reasons. You know, people aren't at work and it's kind of, you know, people are watching TV and that sort of thing. Uh, we do want to bring evening shows back, trying to figure out how to make that work right now. Um, very likely. Uh, we also want to provide content for for you all that have been here from day one, that are huge fans of the show. Um, content for you all that's not publicly available. Um, yeah, just like Steven Crowder or Tim Pool or, or Name Your Show, uh, Dave Rubin, maybe. Um, we are still figuring out how to make that make sense and how to make it work. I, I think what will happen... Uh, now, don't quote me on this. I'm, I'm just trying to, to share with you, to share with this great community um, information as quickly as I have it. What I expect to happen is for the show to move to Tuesdays and Thursdays and to be two hours long in the evening. Um, so not saying that this is exactly what's going to happen, but uh, one of the options on the table, like I don't get to decide, but I do get to decide. Uh, but one of the options on the table is Tuesdays and Thursdays from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, which I think is 5.30 to 6.30 um, you wrong coast guys, uh, Pacific time. A public-facing show, and then 9:30 to 10:30, a a private show. Uh, and honestly, guys, I've been promoting locals for a long time. Um, I think locals is wonderful. I think Rumble is wonderful. I'm very uh, thankful to be on both of those platforms. But it has been a nightmare trying to configure my locals community. Um, to receive the show in the format that I do it, just like it is now with guests, with Casey, um, you know, with Dimis, Charlie, or with guests from afar uh, on via Skype, Zoom, StreamYard, whatever. Um, Locals has made it an utter nightmare to make that happen. Um, so what will likely happen is the show will be hosted on my own website where I, you know, I, I'm the king of that castle over there. Um, yeah, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, and honestly, it'd, it'd be better if you didn't put that in the chat, if you actually sent me the email, ask at Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear what would be better for you. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, that's all I got. Uh, hey, sorry election day didn't go the way that many of you thought it would go. Um, it went exactly the way that I've been saying it's going to go for a long time. Maybe I have a bright future ahead of me as a, a pundit or a pollster or whatever. Because um, I've been saying that these races were going to be an upset for a long time. Um, it was super interesting that Lauren Bobart's uh, seat got flipped. Um, 
you know, Fetternak going to, to the federal Congress as a senator. Oh, man, these things are stranger than fiction. That's all the time that we have, guys. Uh, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the show, and I will catch you in the next one. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.